following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. <laughs> if it grows and alive, I'm okay with it, but other than that, I'm pretty useless. So, um, This morning, I'm going to talk about unity in the church, and you've all heard me talk about this many, many times, and I will continue to talk about it many times. Um, it's, it's vitally important to the church. It's something that's close to my heart ever since I've been saved. Um, I've always looked at the, tried to look at the church as a whole, not just little pieces stuck here and there, because it's really not what we are. We're connected. No matter what we want to believe or, or think of, we're connected to the rest of the church the rest of the country, and the rest of the world. And what we do here and what they do there affects all of us. Um, it's like a spider web. You, you flick one part of it and the entire web vibrates. So, And that's really the way God's church is designed, through the Holy Spirit. Um, and I want to talk about unity because it is hard to maintain. God talks about it through the Scripture constantly. Unity was a problem then. It's a problem now. Um, and the only reason I want to talk about it is because the country, our country, the world is going through some problems that are causing um, disunity in the church. It's not, and it's everywhere. It's, you, if you get online, it's all over the world. It's all over the country. It's everywhere. Um, so I, this is kind of not directed at anyone. It's directed at us. It's like a booster shot. We're, we're suffering. Something's going on. So let's try to inoculate ourselves against it before it becomes a problem. Um, so, um, so it's the joy. Unity is the joy of every person that's filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the second greatest fear of our enemy, Satan. It is our greatest witness, and it can be our greatest weakness as the body of Christ. It tears down Satan's work, or it can be used to uh, to make us appear selfish or prideful to the world. We have to be very careful how um, we appear. Christ said, uh, they will know you by the way that you love each other. Um, so, what do you think the world thinks of us as a church during this problem, during everything that's going on? Do you think we look united? Do we look like we love each other? Or uh, we look like a bunch of different people doing their own thing and fighting amongst each other. Um, and I don't know. That's not an that I throw that question out there because I don't see a lot of these problems so much here, but they are problems that we deal with. Um, so, what do we look like to the world? Are we a united front? Do we all stand under Christ as one? I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? What do you think we look like right now? You can answer. It's fine. It's not rhetorical. Bandits? Bandits? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, if you think of, think of God's church right now, think of the way that um, we're portrayed. You know, you don't have to answer out loud, but just think in your mind. How do we look? What are we looking like? Are we looking like we all love each other or are we just looking like we're all part of something and we each kind of do our own thing within that, within that group? Um, 
So we all know that the church is going through some changes and challenges through this time. And how we handle it as Christ's body will affect our witness and the health of the body for better or worse. I mean, blessedly, we worship a God who, who uses the worse um, to bring about the better through his love and through his grace. Um, but my hope is that we can listen to the Holy Spirit and get this one right. Uh, we may even be an encouragement and example to God's people um, around us who may be in disunity, who may be suffering um, as a group because of, all, because of these different ideals and things that we are attaching to instead of Christ himself. Um, and this will take effort and uh, well-guided intentional action as the Holy Spirit leads us through the day. Uh, today's, uh, we have a spiritual minefield out there right now. Um, politics and culture and false teachings are all in the church. They're everywhere. And we, it's our job to, uh, to weed those out. And some of those things are important. Some of them aren't. Some, some are, are, are part of our lives. Some of them are, are part of where we live. Um, and we have to kind of sort those out and then decide what's important and what isn't. Uh, we all fall under the head of Christ. So that has to come first, and that's what's going to join the church together. That's what keeps us together. Not our individual thoughts and feelings, but the idea that we fall under one king. And uh, it's also hard in a society where uh, our individual rights are paramount. And sometimes that's not conducive to the way that the church operates. So we have to try to sort that out in our mind also. I mean, get our hearts right with the idea that which is first? Which is first, us or Christ? And I mean, it's, I'm making it sound very simple, and it's not always that simple. I understand but it's really what God is, is asking. During this time, we'll have to learn to starve our pride. Pride is how it eats a very specific food. It's called self. And the less of it we feed to, uh, to our pride, the, the easier it is for us to uh, be able to work as a group and put some of the, the peripheral secondary things aside and remember what, who, we, who we're serving. Learn to love and maintain truth without creating fractures in our relationships is very difficult, too, um, during this time. So what I want to do is go through Ephesians 4. And let's see what uh, Paul, guided by the Holy Spirit, offers us to maintain unity. He gives us a little bit of an outline. He was, the Ephesian church was going through their own problems um, at this time, and, and disunity was one of them. And, and in many of the Gospels, you'll find... Um, you'll find writings and teachings about unity and about how uh, the political or economic landscape, um, the Roman government, all these different things that were affecting uh, the church were starting to break up the church. Um, in fact, in some, time, in some places, the church became more of a, a problem to itself than the Roman government did. So let's, let, let's uh, see what we have, what uh, Paul has to say here. So the first thing that we have to recognize is the problem. Paul recognized it in the Ephesian church. Um, and we need to recognize it here. 
It's not as pronounced maybe in our congregation, but like I said, we're all connected. We're all brothers and sisters everywhere. So if it's a problem out there, it's a problem here. And we need to, we need to do our, our part to help. Um, so number one, recognize the problem. And we'll, let's, uh, let's read and then we'll go through what Paul is teaching here. So, Ephesians 4. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So I'm going to stop right there for now, and then we'll keep going in a minute. But the second thing, other than recognizing the problem, was attitude. First, the, he jumps right into the attitude. Um, humility and gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. Um, we're not going to be unified if we're not humble and we're not patient with each other and we're not making sure that we are maintaining our unity because of this oneness he talks about. We worship Christ. We don't worship the church as a, as a group, as a whole, is the body of Christ. We're not connected to anything else. We live above everything else. We need to remember that we, the, the, the humility means that what, what you want and your ideas are not necessarily conducive to what the, the Church of Christ is teaching, what Christ has taught us. So we just have to remember to be humble. Humble is a humility and unity go hand in hand. Um, gentleness. Patience. When there are problems, he shows us how to deal with that in love, gently, patiently. There are times when we have to be more aggressive, and that's, those times will come, and we have to deal with those when they do come. But the gentleness is because we're all in different places. We're all going through different things. We all have different backgrounds and ideals and things that, we need to take into consideration when we're dealing with each other, um, pounding each other over the head with whatever we believe, trying to make everyone else line up with what we believe, or, which I, I'm just as guilty as anyone else of any of these things, um, especially in my own family. I, I can be a tyrant about thought, you know? <laughs> so um, let's just be gentle and patient and in and hear what people are saying. Actually, listen. Take a minute. That's part of gentleness. Don't just have your idea um, and then let them talk. You're just waiting for your turn to talk. That's, that's not going to work in the, in, to maintain unity. So let's remember that gentleness. Um, and then uh, number three I wrote down here, uh, pre, Christ... The Holy Spirit gives us no excuse for different agendas 
or views of Christ here. Um, it's above the world systems. It's above all these other things that we hold dear to ourselves. You know, it, like I said, in a, in a society where self is paramount, where our own, our individual rights, which are there to protect us, we're protected by those, doesn't always work well within the church. Um, we need to keep first things first. We need to, to remember that we're all worshiping Christ, the Son of God who was crucified, raised again, and now is the King of the universe. That is paramount. That is above all the other things that we could think about, all the other things that we can join together about. Um, all the, the truths that we study in the Bible are Christ. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Not what I'm thinking about, not, not ideas, not, not movements, not culture, not any of that. Christ himself is our object of worship. Christ himself is what joins us together. Uh, not all these other things that we attribute to Christianity or we attribute to, cult, you know, to goodness. Um, it's Christ himself. And that's why we have no excuse to be broken up. Uh, because Christ cannot be broken up. He's never broken up. He, he, we, if, it's, if it's one God, there's no reason why everybody has a different view of him. He, he strips us of our ability to be, um, to be prideful and hold other ideals above the group with just these, these few verses. Let me read them again. There is one body, one church, one Holy Spirit that guides us and pulls us all together. We all have the exact same Holy Spirit. There's no different God living in any one of us. Just as you were called to one hope, and that one hope is Christ. And that will never change. And Christ never changes. That belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. One God and Father of all. Who is over all and through all and in all. So that's, that statement pretty much, late. I like this because I don't have to exposit it. <laughs> pretty simple it's it's flat it he's basically saying we all worship the same thing so there's no there's no reason for variance there's no reason to be split up and broken apart over secondary doctrine we can't stand together if we can't stand under this and then he goes on to talk about um i i wrote down teachers and leaders um we're not going to get into verse 9. That's not what I want to do today. So, um, Therefore it says, oh, okay, but when, when grace was given, each one of us according to the measure, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a, a host of captives and gave gifts to men. So we've all received our gifts. In saying he ascended, what does it mean that he also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. So Christ, he, he has ascended far above everything, far above all the systems of the world. 
And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the, stat- of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human coming, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Wow. So, um, are we teaching? Are we leading? Are we showing? Uh, are, we, are we making sure that keeping the unity of the idea of Christ um, paramount? Are we, are we making sure that we teach the word? Are we making sure that we all teach the same word? Are we making sure that in all of our teachings, in everything that we, we do um, as leaders, that we're maintaining the idea that, that Christ is the top. There is, we, we can't continue to um, allow secondary teaching. We can't, in the sense that all, all, everything in the Bible is, is up for teaching. It's all important. But we need to make sure that we're constantly holding up Christ to the world. Not just, not just to us, but to the world. And then it goes on to talk about being tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, the craftiness and deceitful schemes. That's not just talking about religious activity. God's not just talking about the idea here of of cults and and things like that. He's talking about everything. He's talking about the idea that if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, you have to be able to sort it out from all the other kingdoms that are around us, begging for our attention, trying to grab us and pull us away. Um, So we need as leaders to make sure that everyone's being equipped for that. And that comes from study, from teaching, from uh, also being example in that, maintaining unity, maintaining good doctrine, maintaining uh, putting Christ first. Um, yeah, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Satan's constantly trying to break up the church. Constantly. That's his job. That's what he wants to do. He wants to destroy this place. He wants to destroy the the church. And he wants to destroy you as individuals. And this is where he starts. He starts to break us all up. He starts to make us think that we have the right ideas all the time. What we're thinking, what we want is above everything else. When we have, we have our action plan. We have everything we need. We have Christ and we have the word of God. Anything beyond that is not going to hold us together. We're not held together here because we're all liberals or we're all conservatives or we're all um, whatever it is you want to talk about in society. That's not why we're here. We're here under Christ. We're here because of Christ. 
We're here because the Holy Spirit brought us here to worship Christ, to be saved. Everything else is just two opposite ends of the same twisted stick. It's not, it's not going to get you closer to God or further away from God. It's just things that we have to live with and deal with on a daily basis. So, um, so as leaders, we have to make sure we don't tolerate spiritual pollution. And most of that pollution causes disunity. Um, Satan spends a good amount of his time, and the world does, and we do, creating sects and pieces and parts and groups and anything that we can do to make sure that what we think and what we want is validated. So just make sure that as we go on, take, take what you're thinking, take what you're your actions are going to be, and weigh them against God's word. Is this really what Christ would want? Is this what he would do? Is this what he would think is important? Look at the way he spoke to the people. Look in different ways when he spoke to, to, to normal people, when he spoke to the disciples, when he spoke of God, when he spoke of his Father, and weigh it against that. Is this, is this important, or is this something that I hold important, or that Christ holds important? And then go from there. Um, One other, and then uh, it goes on to talk about, we'll keep moving on here a little bit so that we, <clears throat> okay. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined together by every joint which is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You notice Paul Almost everything that Paul writes ends in love. We've got to remember that um, as we go on here. I just wanted to pick that out. Um, and that love is not obviously the not necessarily sentimental love. It's putting other people above yourself, putting God above yourself so that you can put other people above yourself. Um, So we're talking about a body working together. And I wrote down, is everyone doing their part? No matter what you think of your part in God's body, your inaction or negative actions weaken the entire church, whether it's obvious or not. Your positive actions make this, the body strong, healthy, and spiritually attractive to the unsaved. Now, I'm not saying that's what gets people saved, but when the church is working together, when we're when we're in unity, in harmony, it's attractive. It looks good. It looks like something somebody would want to be part of. So, and the question I have um, is, are you doing your part? Are you serving? Are you, are you, are you working through your, whole, through your gifts? Are you serving the church? Are you serving the people around you? I hear all the time, well, I don't know what my spiritual gifts are. I hear that constantly. Just start moving. Just work. And God's, the Holy Spirit will work through you no matter what's happening in that situation. Don't worry about, don't worry about technicalities and, and uh, what, what my gift is so I have to work out of that. Just, just start working. Start loving people. Start taking care of the people around you. Start 
If you want to teach, teach just, just start moving, and God will take care of the rest. And that is a, it's a big part of uh, us working together. We can't have unity if, if we're all the It's not sameness. Unity isn't sameness. Unity is like a giant machine with all the working parts doing what they're supposed to. So what is your function in Christ's body? If anybody wants to answer, you can. You don't have to, but just think about it. What is your function? What are you doing? What are you doing to help? What are you doing to hold us together? We need every single person working. Everybody here can do it. There's no reason why anybody isn't working for God. Now, that may be from home. You may, be, you may have a family. You may have different things going on in your life. But God, where you work, where, going to the grocery store, you know, I see this in John a lot. Everywhere he goes, he's, he's working for God in some way. And I see that a lot. And I see a lot of people. Like, my wife is like that. She'll go to the grocery store, and I'll go, I'll walk away, and I'll come back, and, and somebody's crying at the cart. You know, it, <laughs> it happens constantly because God knows. God sends people to you um, to help them. And in the church, you know, some of us, we're all given different gifts. We're all given different parts. And they all protect us. Every one of those pieces moving protects the church from disunity, which is probably our greatest enemy. Satan knows it. He's going to throw as many things in the cogs and gears as he can to stop it from rolling. So let's, let's make sure that we're all working together, doing what we're supposed to do. It's like a... It's, it's actually a spiritual... It's a responsibility to the, not just to God, but to the others around you. I'm responsible to help all you. You're all responsible to help me too. And I know that sometimes we live in a society where, you know, you got to do it yourself, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Do all. That's not how the church works. It is not how the church works. So we need to make sure that we're all helping each other. Don't be afraid to reach out. I know it's... I know it can be sometimes hard, can be embarrassing at times. You may make the I know that I am like the king of bad timing. So, <laughs> you know, I go to call somebody and they're like, oh, I'm really busy right now. And that, and, but over time, that actually starts to build in your head like, man, I'm, I'm not going to bother them. I don't want to bother them. You know, but that's, that's not true. That, that's your flesh. That's Satan trying to stop the machine, trying to stop uh, you from from reaching out to your fellow brothers and sisters and strengthening them. So let's all, we need to all work together to, uh, to strengthen each other, to, to hold each other up and protect each other. Sometimes your job is to protect the church, period. Your job is to pray for everybody in here. Your job is to make sure that we don't get things coming in and out that aren't supposed to be part of the church and to see that. Um, and that's an important part, and that goes in with the teaching. You know, we all need to make sure that we're all on the same page uh, on about who Christ is, our King. And then I wrote, I don't know if we, I wrote, by the way, if the Father of the universe gives his own Son, his own Son's life for your sins so that you can have eternal life with him, and then gives you more gifts on top of that, it's extremely ungrateful to ignore the gift. Don't, don't ignore a gift from God. Don't ignore it. Don't, don't think, you know, one of the Satan's greatest thing, 
one of his greatest tactics is to make you think your gift is not useful or it's weak or, you know, the church doesn't need you. They got plenty of people who are charismatic. You know, charismatic people are great. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, they talk, they get everybody fired up, whatever. But that's, that's only one piece. That's, we need everybody. We need the person who comes in and just sits down beside somebody. That's it. Everything that, everything that gets done in God's kingdom is so impor- vitally important. It's important to the unity. That unity is what allows us to, do, to work together to continue to make this place grow. Um, so I'd like to just take one second, and I'm going to pray for that, because, and that's not in here, but I want to do that. Um, so let, let's just take, let me take a second. Heavenly Father, I ask that you continually fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we can work together. So that we're protected from the, the things that the world and our flesh and Satan throws at us to destroy this place. I ask you, Heavenly Father, to, to help us to, to love each other first. And sometimes with that comes correction and problems or friction but help us to remember that even through those we love each other we're a body we're one one group lord so i ask for your protection and your guidance through all that amen um okay so paul's given us an outline of how to maintain unity in the church I've done my best to try to throw it out there. I'm not always great to, uh, great at speaking to groups, but it was important to me, and I wanted to make sure that um, we stay together. We don't start going off in our own directions. Um, so uh, during the week, during the time, go, I, I would encourage everybody to read this every once in a while. And just take... Take it and look at your life. Look at your heart. Am I lining up with this? Is my life lining up with this? Am I doing this on a daily basis to try to maintain the unity um, within the body of Christ? It's, it's a very simple thing. I have to do it constantly, and a lot of times I have to say, no, I am not doing that. I'm not doing it in my own home. I'm not doing it at work. I'm not doing it here always. Um, and that's why it's in here, so that we can constantly be reminded. You, we need to be pulled back to it all the time. Because as humans, we are, we are innately prideful and we want to do things our way. So let's, let's continue to, uh, to go back to this every once in a while. Revisit it on our, our, you know, as ourselves and as group. Um, and just see where God is leading us in that. It's good to, to stand back and talk about it once in a while and say, how are we doing? Um, so, um, Now, I, I wanted to do something, and I'm hoping this works out. Um, I took a couple clips out of the Lord of the Rings, and, it, and the reason I did is because I want to have a visual, a visual of how uh, unity gets started, how unity... Um, 
how, how we can start it and how choices make a huge difference in how we stand together. Um, and what the church looks like when we stand together as a solid unit. So um, do you want to go ahead and play that first clip? So, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on a second. So I want to set the scene a little bit here. Um, there's, there's a giant evil army about to destroy the earth, okay, or take everything over. And the only thing that stands between it and it being able to take everything over is the unity of men. And these cities are, have been fractured. They're not standing together. And the only way they can win is to stand together. So, and, and over time, it's because one helped one and one didn't help the other. And it's, it's all the squabbles that we see within humanity, within the church. We see it all the time. It's all different ideas and uh, unforgiveness, um, things that, that happen um, in the church. So what I want to do is set the scene and say the first thing that happens is the same thing I wrote down. Somebody has to recognize the problem and start to act. We have to take action in that. So what happens here is they, they've recognized that one king uh, is stubborn and won't ask for help, but he needs it, and the other may respond. So this is, this is the first clip. And this is what the church should look like as we start to, uh, we, when we see a problem, and then we start to respond to that problem. We need to call out to each other for help, not, within, not just within the body here, but everywhere. He literally has to sneak in to light this because the king there who's about to be destroyed is too prideful and stubborn to ask for help.
could be right now. But we need to make sure that we take steps to do it. will answer. Master the Rohirrim. Okay, so what's happened is this king has decided that all the past garbage, all the things that were holding them aside are secondary to what's happening. So he's put, a, he's forget, he's put aside his pride. He's put aside all the other things that are holding him that held him from helping that kingdom before. He knows that they're all going to get wiped out if they don't stand together. And he makes that choice in that moment. And that's what we need to do. We have, at most everything in life comes down to one moment. I know that sounds kind of silly, but it comes to one choice in one moment. And we need to make that choice. And that's what uni- and unity revolves around, that one choice in that one moment. Am I going to do what's best for me? Am I, or am I going to do what's best for the kingdom of God? And that happens all day long. And it happens here. It happens everywhere. Um, and it happens on a grand scale and a small scale. You know, every day. Sometimes, the, sometimes there are days when you sit and you're like, what am I going to do? Am I going to help that person? He's, he's really been a thorn in my side. Or he's not teaching what I think is correct. Am I going to back him up? Am I going to stand with him? under Christ, under the king. So, um, and then the next scene, we're going to see what spiritually, I think probably Satan sees when we stand together as a, as a church. So, that's not it, probably. If it doesn't work, it's fine. We don't have Oh, okay. Well, anyway, that kind of anticlimactic. So, but anyway, the next the next scene is this. You see this row, just this one row, of of men, and the king speaking to them and firing them up. But then you have this giant, it, this uh, panoramic view that starts to come up over the top, and you start to see layering. Uh, Row after row after row after row after row after row after row of these people called Rohirrim, which were the warriors. And you just see thousands of them lined up. You don't think they're all going to show up. But as, they, but as the problem mounts and as they come to the battlefield, more and more and more and more people join them. And, uh, right, and then they just charge into the field uh, all together as one big unit. 
Different warriors from different places have different skills. They're all working together for one common goal. Um, And that's really what we need to look like. One common goal. One group. And there's one thing that the king says before they charge. They all scream death. Why do they scream death? To kill the enemy? Or are they screaming death because they're all in? It's we're good, we're going to do this or we're going to die doing it. And and that's the attitude we should have. I mean, I'm not die doing it hopefully, but we might, who knows. Um, but just that attitude, be all in. Be all in. Being united means we all need to be all in. You can't sit on the you can't we can't afford anymore to sit on the fence. Society's changing, the world is changing, and we need to we need to make sure that we know which side we're on. So um, so I, I, I wrote down um, this is what we look like to Satan when the church stands together we, we talked about that um, different soldiers from different places coming together as one to fight a common enemy our common enemy is a lot of different things combined we have a common enemy of our own flesh and the world and the Satan they all work, and they all work together to constantly try to, to break up the church. And I wrote down, is this what we look like right now with everything going on out in the world? Is this what we look like? Or are we allowing our flesh to be stirred up by our enemy, keeping us continually squabbling over things that are not of our king or his kingdom? If we want to look like we just what we, what we just read, we need... Uh, If we want to look like the things we just read, we have to be like our king in every way. And we have to give up our own kingdoms for his. And that's not an easy thing. Not an easy thing at all. We all have our own little kingdoms and beliefs and things that we, we try to hold, hold on to. And we got to stop putting them first. Are we a part of his eternal kingdom or is he just another part of, our, of ours? And this is a decision that you are faced with every moment of every day. And there's a choice we have to make. There's no in between. So I'm hoping as we go, go forward that... Um, we check our hearts and our lives, like I said. Or are we produ- are we promoting unity in the body? Um, or aren't we? And uh, what you do with your answer will affect every one of us, whether we like it or not. It's going to affect all of us. Um, it's going to affect the, the, the church. It's going to affect your brothers and sisters in China. It's going to affect everybody, whether you, whether we see it, whether we feel it, whether we are somehow emotionally tied to it, doesn't matter. What, what happens is we are, we are connected by the Holy Spirit, so we are all going to be affected. So make sure that your answer is honest and that you're ready to either make it stronger if it's good or work on it if it's weak. So... Um,
that's all I have to, to say this morning, and I'm glad that I got to, and I thank you for your patience. And if anybody has any um, questions or want to, wants to talk about this in any way afterwards, I'm, I'm available. So um, let's, uh, let's pray real quick, and then we can continue, continue with worship. Heavenly Father, we come before you as one people, under one, one king, connected by one Holy Spirit. And we ask you to, to just bind us in love, bind us in peace. Help us to all do our part in the body to keep it working. Holy Spirit, we ask for your help all week in this, all year, all our lives. Keep us together. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.